what i really see is the leader's ability to attract and achieve things with severe resource constraints i think that's the quality of a great leader and that's what we need as entrepreneurs Hello and welcome. I am your host Pratish Sanyal and you are listening to the 1% project. Conversations that will help you understand how some of the smartest minds build, scale and operate new ideas and ventures. If you enjoy these conversations, do share and subscribe. My next guest on the 1% project is Karthik Prabhakar. He is the executive director and partner at Chirate Ventures. one of india's leading venture capital investment funds i'm especially excited about this conversation as karthik is an alum and a senior from my undergrad today we discuss his learnings as a venture capitalist how he assesses early stage startups sectors which have got a boost due to covid how foreign entrants such as amazon tiktok and others were able to scale in a heterogeneous market such as india and finally zoom's success in such challenging times welcome karthik to the 1% project It's a pleasure having you, and would love to know about your background. Always a pleasure interacting with you, and in these interesting times as well, where in the past we've met in person. I think new reality is video conferencing and uh, virtual meetings are going to become a norm, and people will be comfortable with that. So, with that uh, quick background uh, uh, about myself, I'm one of the partners at uh, Chirate Ventures. We are one of the leading early stage venture capital firms in India, investing since 2007. invested in or 80 companies in technology space with likes of Mintra, Lenskart, uh, First Try and more recently companies like uh, Nestaway, uh, Bounds, Curefit and in the enterprise space companies like Unicor, uh, Manthan in the earlier days in the fintech space companies like Policy Bazaar, uh, Early Salary and so on in the health tech space uh, companies like Sigtico and Onco and a few others and more recently also looking at some seed opportunities in the deep tech space invested in some uh, very cool uh, new product innovations uh, i must say so overall in the last 13 years i've been with the firm for close to 10 years now i joined as a summer intern from b school uh, it was a chance opportunity prior to that i used to work at intel as a technology person and my aspiration to join b school was also to essentially just climb the ladder from pure technology to uh, product management and through this chance internship i kind of liked what it was in the venture space technology investing seemed interesting and i i kind of jumped full in and uh, no looking back last 10 years has been fantastic uh, i've invested in a couple of investments across consumer and uh, fintech i also have the responsibility of uh, heading the global business development and relationships so I, i think that's a quick background about myself what are the frameworks and the models that you apply when you're investing in these early stage startups in the early stage i i think it's a cliche but the biggest thing that we look for is team the second thing that i'm looking for is this a uh, product or a solution which is going to create a sustained differentiation over a period of time and I'll, i'll explain a bit in terms of what i mean by that so team is everyone talks about team so we back team what does it mean 
I've actually kind of started to appreciate that more recently, having been on the boards of five, six companies that I've invested and seen their journeys and seen the ups and downs that companies have gone through. What I really see is the leader's ability to attract and achieve things with severe resource constraints. I think that's the quality of a great leader. And that's what we need as entrepreneurs. And when you're trying to solve a problem and go in a path which is uncharted, the very early indications are, you know, with no money, with no investment yet, is the founder able to attract maybe co-founders? That's one quality. Is the founder able to attract very good talent into the team where you're not offering boatloads of money, but you're offering a promise, you're offering a vision? Are you able to sell that vision to somebody? How passionate are you in being able to articulate that? So some of these things clearly define how uh, a founder and founders are able to shape uh, an idea into a product. The second element, which uh, I also look at in terms of the team, is their resilience. Have they actually had failures? Have they been through tough situations? Or has it all been rosy? So this is my own personal mental math. If somebody has just been uh, out and out success all the way and they've not had, you know, very tough situations, I would rather wait because I think I don't want to be the person on which that experiment happens. It's important. It's very important to go through that because resilience is built through failures. And it's a cultural thing in India where failure is not so well accepted, although off late it's more so. But it is very important to see that uh, and how did they come out of it and how are they able to come out in future as well. In terms of the idea of product, the, the mental model is at the back of the envelope, what we try to do is if I'm investing X million dollars for a particular state, can I visualize this product to be something which can create a 10x on my investment? in a five to six year time frame. Now, all of these are Excel models, so they don't work, but at least on Excel, are you able to visualize something like that and test the assumption for hitting that rate? Those two are very important metrics that I look for. And a third metric, which is always there in the back of the mind, but I consciously try to stay away is, are there comparisons in US or China? I think it was a model which used to work until maybe 2016, 2017. But after that, if you really need to back something which is going to be uh, unique and first of its kind, you've got to leave that uh, constraint away from the mind. So one of the things as a VC or as an investor is also constantly to keep learning and not succumb to the uh, confirmation bias because of past experiences. Brilliant. Staying on the early stage startup thought process, how important is brand building? And most of these guys don't have deep pockets. So what is your way of thinking and how should they go about building a brand? Brand building is not important in my mind. It's not worthwhile use of time or money or effort for this stage. Focus on building a great product or a great solution brand will get built. What's very important is your first set of customers should come not because of the brand, 
they should come because of the product or the solution short answer forget the brand it doesn't matter one of my investments the company called shifu they have built augmented reality based uh, toys what they've done is there is a physical product and the gameplay and experience is on the mobile app where augmented reality experience is coming in the company kind of has grown almost uh, 500% year on year and now they are thinking about how do we make sure that there is a brand to make sure that in the next phase of growth happens but the early days engagement everything is really happened because of a good product and customer engagement and happy customers coming to the covid situation we talked before we started this interview that now we have come to an understanding that that's the new normal you have been sharing your thoughts on work from home best practices and how we should interact and go forward during the lockdown what are your thoughts of the unlockdown of india and how should we conduct and go forward on business side in terms of uh, opportunity i think one of the things that this has done is created some sort of an inflection point for many entrepreneurs and startups who have been targeting the digital consumer so the digital consumer at some point has got capped at maybe 80 million or 100 million transacting users in india and everyone's after that 80 to 100 million transacting users the rest 500 million internet users are mostly you know there in terms of consumption and the question was always how do you actually tap these consumers and then there was this cost benefit on you know does it make sense to acquire these customers will they use what is the ltv to cac and so on and so forth which is where some of the startups also started saying okay after my initial entry in india i think my prudent thing is to actually go outside india go build for consumers there and then come back uh, outside this was one the second approach was let's just keep building more and more consumers and monetization will happen sometime later these were the two models which were prevalent but what the current situation has done is it probably pushed up that transacting users in india from that 80 to 100 million slightly higher up i don't know the exact numbers i'm sure research experts will all come up with those numbers but order of magnitude clearly there is an additional large consumer base which has been created in india who are trusting and comfortable in transacting on the internet and mobile i think the infrastructure which has been developed around which is upi and google pay atm all of these have definitely helped in that my own feeling is one big thing that will happen is there is going to be a much larger market for internet mobile stories so digital consumption story is going to be even more bigger so what people were expecting to happen 2 3 years down the line has happened in 2 3 months that's one big change the second thing which is on the software element is i'm hoping i, I don't know but i'm hoping that i think the uh, general awareness around discipline and hygiene and a few other things is also going to go up which also means that focus on preventive healthcare focus on wellness focus on healthy habits is all going to increase differ in various stages yeah what it also means is that the investment somebody has to do in even if it's a food business 
the investment somebody has to do in technology to ensure that quality of food preparation is there is also going to increase so i think there is a lot of interesting new avenues which will crop up so that's that's where i see the opportunity what industries do you think are going to get a boost because of the covid situation one clearly is i think entertainment entertainment is going to go up through the roof uh, a lot of content creation and on demand content is going to go up significantly you're no more constrained by pulling people into a, a mall or a theater to watch a movie you know you can actually create custom content and yeah there's going to be loads and loads of that the second thing is gaming i think that will kind of pick up i was just reading yesterday about one of the games which got sold recently where they're kind of creating content and you could kind of selectively sit together and decide what will be the next plot and depending on that the content gets built up it's actually a community engagement and watching the content of some sort content and and entertainment is one area my own feeling is enterprise solutions which are targeting smes will start seeing some light of the day it may be small but people will start investing in technology because they understand now that you can't rely on complete offline handling of things healthcare i talked about health consciousness will go up in a big way which also means food industry will benefit a lot more healthy eating will pick up insurance industry will get innovative in creating more products and and i i think there is definitely a scope for more hardcore product innovation that can come up i i don't know you know where it is but mm-hmm. we've invested in a few huge deep tech companies across robotics ar vr and a few others so i see some of these coming into the mainstream where shopping experience could be augmented with ar things like that which i feel could definitely benefit if you talk about the indian consumer i broadly would break down into one is india the other one is bharat and the india is basically the educated english speaking upper middle class and above 150 to 200 million people and then comes bharat which is segmented educated but potentially their communication lines are more regional with different dialects and languages how do you see the international entrance like the chinese apps or the, even the american products amazon and tiktok by dance how are they able to get into bharat given that now they have been successful with the india part of the consumer base i think it it boils down to having somebody who is on the ground and understands that very very well so if you see how they've been able to uh, capture the india market the educated market as well is because there's somebody on the ground who understands the cultural nuances and uh, the needs of the market in the past if you look at say search engines and stuff like that i i don't think they needed physical presence when the initial start of happened so for a google or a facebook to come i think the fundamental thing was india is a, a society where communication and engagement is richly valued and to that extent facebook was a natural in into india whereas if you 
take TikTok you talked about. Again, expressing oneself is very natural for people and people want to. So it's, it's a very natural. So to that extent, the high level cultural nuances for the country are documented. The market is wide open. So the market is not uh, restrained. Having said that, to further and to expand a business, what anyone would need is somebody on the ground who understands those cultural nuances and at the same time is fully committed to the business. And which is what we try to look for when we're looking at an entrepreneur. So be it a American or a Chinese or European uh, app to kind of scale up and require more than word of mouth. What it requires is almost an entrepreneurish person on the ground. So if I take a few examples where you don't need any of those, like, you know, some the gaming companies, earlier Angry Birds just yeah. took off because of word of mouth. Then Pokemon just took off because of uh, the sheer word of mouth and virality. So either there has to be virality where there are strong influences around you or there has to be somebody on the ground. What is the secret sauce that the Chinese companies or the Chinese apps have figured for India? Because definitely we have the tech talent. We have one of the smartest brains. What have the Chinese figured out, which we are also figuring out along with them? I think it's it's more about they have seen the value of rich engagement and monetization Mm -hmm. follows. Whereas I think we kind of look at monetization sooner. They're comfortable sitting on engagement for a long time. In in India, we've actually seen in the past as well. In I hear stories. I was not in the industry then, but I hear stories from some of the senior people where in 99, 2000 as well, there were so many stories and so many pitches of we have so many eyeballs, so many eardrums and things like that, which got funded and everything went down the drain. And it's also about the access to continuous capital to ensure that you can continue to sustain. So to that extent, what some of these platforms have been able to do is create a very high engaged user base. But my own personal conviction or suspicion is that the moment you start charging these users, they will drop off. So loyalty in India is very, very low purely for uh, a platform. So unless it is a must-have, very hard to monetize. So I think it's something to be weighted and watched. If you have to turn on a monetization, is it still sustainable? There are some examples where they have got huge engagement and they have kind of turned on the monetization. They continue to scale. So Daily Hunt is a good example. That is a very good segue into trying to understand a global phenomenon which was accelerated because of COVID is Zoom. There are so many VC products and services available in the market, but Zoom got the most traction. What did these guys do right? In one word, I think it's really customer experience. They named it head-on across two, three elements. One is Getting onto a Zoom call was as simple as just clicking a link. Nothing else. No downloads. You just click the link and you're on. Secondly, they got it right in terms of audio and video quality. 
but yes they had challenges in terms of security and stuff but security is second grade in india i mean people don't mind just putting out their passwords on their desks or keeping the atm pin in the same wallet where the atm card is so mm. i think that's what they got right you know if you take many of the others they were still catching up if if you take skype skype you needed to have a user id you had to log in somebody had to help you with that so i think a combination of a freemium product and easy to use interface is what probably made it really go viral yeah i think that's absolutely bang on because if you look at chinese apps the ease of signing up or using the product without putting in your email or registration process is amazing because these products let you use or consume the product without any deliverables to a very large extent and when you're into it then they will ask you to sign up so their consumer journey or interaction journey is hassle free two third of the way so i think that is something that really worked for zoom one click and you're on absolutely and i think the western or the indian world as well wants your username password or whatever instantly the minute you click thank you very much karthik it was a pleasure speaking to you and thanks for your time thank you very much always uh, fantastic talking to you and i hope we can uh, meet in person sometime very soon absolutely looking forward to it you can find the show notes for this episode and every other episode on 1%.live if you enjoy this conversation share it on social media and leave a review see you next time